You are listening to the MMA-a-thon on the Jag Nation Sports Network. Alright, first matchup for our Christmas special, Charles Jordan versus Andre Ewell at Featherweight. Who do you got on this one, Luis? Uh, I think for this one, Charles Jordan is going to come out on top. I agree. Um, I think Charles, he's a... Let me pull up his record here. He's a very good... Um, I wouldn't say so much prospect as his, his top uh, his last five haven't been too good. I think he's two two and two, so he's he's barely breaking even. But if you look, he's beaten good good contenders. Like if you look back, he beat Marcelo Rojo, which is a amazing contender, very good prospect to watch in the featherweight division. But he did uh, finish him at that, and then. We look back, he beat Duho Choi back in 2019, a very good featherweight prospect too. And then his losses, he he did lose to Andre Philly, but Andre Philly is a really, really, really good featherweight. And as you can see, it's a decision. He did take it to split decision, which means it was a very close competitive, uh, competitive fight, which shows that he's a, he's pretty elite when it comes to the top 15. And also, Andre, he's just kind of a wishy-washy fighter, you know? Sometimes he'll come out and have good performances against people like Jonathan Martinez, where he where he got the decision win, but it was a split. And then he goes and gets TKO'd by some newcomer that just joined the UFC. Yeah. It's really hard to get a grasp on him. Yeah, I remember I saw him last time. Um, I think it was the Sanhagen card against Dillashaw. He got, he got finished. And this puts him at a two-fight skid now. His fight before that um, lost a unanimous decision. And then he also lost to Vera back in 2019. Yeah, he's 2-2 um, two two in his last on in his last five. But you can't say the same thing you can say about Jordan, where Jordan is fighting like pretty good guys. And when he's losing, he's he's um, taking a decision when this... Um, uh, Andre Ewo, he's um, he's getting finished in these fights, and he's not fighting anything um, any better competition than Jordan is. Mm-hmm. And then next up, we have moving on to the the main card. We have Cub Swanson versus Darren Elkins. Who do you got in this one? Uh, I think realistically, Cub Swanson is gonna come out on top. Uh, his skill set is just overall, in my opinion, better than Darren Elkins. Yeah, definitely. And Cub Swanson's a very, very good elite veteran in the featherweight division. You see, he has gone in the skid, but he's fighting top, top competition. Giga now did lose to Giga, but Giga's uh, becoming a top five contender and almost into the to the uh, title spot. Definitely. And then the, we see the odds here. Cubs wants in a minus 200, which I think is fair. Uh, definitely do not bet on Darren Elkins if you want to make any money. And it it doesn't seem to be worth it to be putting money on Cubs Swanson. Next up, we got Diego Ferreria versus, um, might be butchering this, Matsus Gamra. Who do you got on this one? Um... This might be a little bit of a controversial pick, but I do think Gamera is going to take it. Ooh. I've seen his last couple of performances that he has been showing out lately. To be honest, I have not seen Matsus Gamera fight um, in real time. 
So it might be, it might not matter what I have to say, but I have seen Ferrari fight. I've seen how good he can be. He was just fighting to be in the top, uh, top five picture when he, when he fought uh, Darius, and I do think he took Darius to a to a decision, very competitive fight. So there's not much input I can put into here, but I know Diego Ferrari is gonna come and uh, is gonna put up a fight. Uh, the odds do seem to be opening up at uh, minus 180 for Gamrot, which shows that I guess everybody else knows something that I don't because uh, I will be pick picking against Gamrot, but plus 155 I do think is a good odds for Diego Ferry if you're trying to make some money. And then next one we got a Bantamweight bout, Rafael Sunset versus Ricky Simone. Who do you got for this one? Uh, I'm gonna come out with uh, a sunshine on this one. I think just overall his experience is really gonna come into play with this one. See, um, I do also have a sunshine. Sunshine, he is on a skid, and it it's making people forget. I think that he he once was a top, almost top five contender here, and he um, if you look at his top five, he he is three. Three and two in his last five, but if you look at the competition he's he's fighting, he's fought guys like Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Marias, taking even taking Sanhagen to a decision. Sanhagen being like the, the top two guy in the bantamweight division, almost um I'd say future champ. We see the loss to Marlon Marias, but you can make the argument that it it might have been a fluke because he has fought Marias before. Marias, so that is a, a little wishy-washy. But also, he's also fight guys like uh, Rob Font. He beat Rob Font unanimous decision. And then looking back, past even past his past five, he's fought in guys like Aljamain Sterling. Beat guys like Aljamain Sterling. Um, took T.J. Dillashaw to a decision. Um, very uh, beaten T.J. Dillashaw. Just he's a very good veteran. And I don't think. Uh, Ricky Simone will be able to deal with this his past five. He hasn't been f fighting the same competition anywhere near the same competition as the Sunset. Definitely, especially having a split decision against Ray Borg, who honestly hasn't really pulled together a solid win in a couple years. Definitely, and and losing to a to a to a, I don't even know how old Uriah Favor was there, but very old. The the one offer he had when he when he um, came back and beat Ricky. Which is um almost like a blemish in his record. I I think if I hadn't seen that, I'd I'd be more confident in him. But I I don't think he can pull it off. Definitely, it's gonna be a hard one to rule for him. And then we have um Ricky Simone closing in at minus two seventy five, a hefty hefty favorite. Um, I have no idea why this is. I think uh Vegas is sleeping on a sunset heavily. I think this is probably one of the best uh, bets to put down if you want to make money is on a, a Sunsau. And then next up, we have Stephen Thompson versus Bilal Muhammad. Welterweight. Who do you got in this one? Mm, I think Bilal Muhammad is going to come out on top, but it's going to be really hard for him to pull this win out. Wonderboy is an elite striker, and he's going to have to really take him to the ground and hold him there like Gilbert Burns did. So, so what would you say you're leaning towards, though? I'd say more Bilal, 
I feel like the game plan is kind of Alfred Thompson right now with the with the grappling wise. I I agree. If we look back, Stephen Thompson, he's. I wanna I wanna root for him so bad, and I know he's a fan favorite. I like him too. I I'm, I'm a fan too, but we have to come to terms. Like if you look in his past five, he's he's getting old too. I think he's 38. Pushing, he's I'd say past his prime almost. This past five, he's uh lost to Till, lost to Pettis, and then beating guys like Vicente Luque, which is pretty good, but that was a while ago. Be Jeff Neal, and then um and that loss against Gilbert Burns, I actually thought he was gonna win that, but um, we did see Gilbert Burns did um just uh wrestle him, which um I think. Similar to Bilal because the Bilal did a go his most recent fight went against Damian Maya, and he did just about the same thing. Uh, Burns did to to Thompson. He just kind of wrestled him and, and nullified him or nullified his game. So I think he definitely might uh, want to do that against Thompson. And we've seen his effective against Thompson as of late when he fought uh, Gilbert Burns. Definitely, that's add on to your point. For him to be able to neutralize Damian Maya on the ground is crazy, especially with the expertise in jiu-jitsu that Maya has. That's that's a really impressive win, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And then we've seen people say like um, that uh, Maya will will almost accept getting taken down, or accept being on his backs because he's such a good uh, jiu-jitsu specialist. But it's impressive that yeah, that he was able to take him on the ground and still um, be able to control and nullify. Um, Damian Maya not allow him to exploit um, his jiu-jitsu. And then uh, moving on, the main event for this uh, Christmas uh, card is uh, heavyweight Derek Lewis, number three ranked versus Chris Dacus, number seven ranked. Who do you who do you have on this one? Um, man, I really sometimes I really hate rooting for him, but I think Derek Lewis. He's going to come out on top just because he always usually finds a way to get that last minute knockout, especially in later rounds. Um, I do. I, I might have to disagree with you. It's not coming much from logic, but I really, really like Chris Dawkins. He, I've been um, a fan of him for a while, and I'd go as far to say that he might be the, uh, the, uh, the the dark horse of the heavyweight division. He's been go flying under the radar for a lot of people. If you ask around, not a lot of people know about this guy. He's um top seven, but he's a very very hard hitter. This is a very good matchup as they they both have really good KO power. We look at um Chris Dock's last five um TK. It's all TKOs flat. He's beating guys like uh Olenek. Which is pretty much all he's beaten, to be honest. But this is a definitely a big step up in a uh, in competition. But if Chris Dawkins is who he says he is, he should be able to to uh, beat Derek Lewis. And uh, definitely, yeah. If you look back, Derek Lewis has way better competition. He is number three in the world. But a hot take I have is I I don't think Derek Lewis is that good. We've seen him. He basically got exposed against Cyril Gain where he was just gone just played with him for three rounds until he wanted to finish him it was it was almost embarrassing for Lewis I think this is why they're 
they're um f uh throwing him at a number seven rank because um just how bad that loss was. But to to say again, Gon is like second best uh heavyweight of all time. Nobody moves like him. He might even become champ upcoming uh next card. We'll get into that, but. Is it's tough. I think this is the closest fight out of everyone, but a very good matchup. I I would actually take Dawkins. We have the uh, odds closing in as a slight favor of Chris Dawkins, which is crazy. Um, definitely, if you want to make some money, throw some money at Derek Lewis if you have some money to throw away. Since this is a Christmas episode. We're actually going to bring two cards. Um, we are going to break down the Nganu versus Gan UFC 270 card also in this episode. Starting off, th this card is very, um, just a preface, it's not built yet. So it's a little weird, like the whole card, there's like 10 fights, they haven't broken into prelims yet. So some of these fights, I don't know, they might be falling out or not actually uh, all the way put together or some of these aren't might not actually be in the main card but as of now on the website they are listed all under the the main event as the time of this recording but uh first we have uh flyweight bout contenders bout versus vivian arajo versus alexa grasso who do you uh got in this one Luis? uh i think alexa grasso is gonna come out on top too, I agree. He did. She looked very, very impressive against um, Macy Barber, which um, a lot of people said Macy Barber might have been the uh, uh, a very good prospect. Some some people went as far as saying a future champ before she uh, tore tore her knee and then she came back and we uh, saw uh, Alexa Grasso ruin her uh, her comeback party. And then back to Vivian. I don't know much about her. So you might be able to give me some insight, but she is ranked higher. Looking at her, her um, her last five. This is very uh, impressive. Uh, um, the uh, competition she fought against Jessica I took her to decision, beat Roxanne, um, and then uh, lost the decision against Ukagian. Um, I don't know if you know much about uh Vivian. Um. Her and Alexa have pretty similar styles. Vivian does like to go to the ground a little more. But uh, overall, when we saw what happened when she fought Copenhagen, who was a little bit more of a pressure striker, she kind of folded in herself a little bit. Mm. So what, what would you say this matchup is or what, what disciplines they are? Because we do know Alexa Grasso has very, very good boxing. Definitely. I would say uh, Alexa Grasso is more of a boxer. And for Vivian, I would say she's more of a jiu-jitsu specialist. Not she likes to take people to the ground, but she is not as scared of striking either. I've not seen Alexa Grasso. Maybe um, I have. Maybe it's just me who hasn't seen it, but I have not seen um, uh, Alexa Grasso deal with people who um, like going to the ground. It might be interesting to see what happens if Vivian can actually get her to the ground and see how uh, Alexa Grasso can do. Definitely, especially seeing how her last loss to Carla Sparza, who is known as a wrestler. She, uh, it was a majority decision, and then before that, she lost to Tatiana Suarez by a red naked choke. Interesting. Let's show she, 
does struggle with grapplers a little bit. This might change um, the way I look at this fight, but uh, I'd say it's pretty split down, even uh, very competitive uh, contenders bout here in the flyweight division. Moving on, we're going to skip some of these fights. Uh, move featherweight division, we have, I'm going to butcher this uh, name, but uh, Muzvar Elov versus Elia Teporia. I don't know much about this, so I can't give much insight. Um, I don't know if you know anything, Luis, if you want to put any input. Uh, well, first off, both of these guys are crazy good prospects, uh, with Mozart being 15-0 and Teporia being an 11-0. So for these guys to face each other this early in their career is really interesting. I don't know much. I don't recognize Muzvar as much, but he is undefeated. They're both undefeated, which is crazy. Um, I do recall uh, Teporia. He did um, um, beat Ryan Hall, which was considered by many a, a, a crazy good um, fighter. There was a point in time a couple years, actually, where nobody wanted to fight Ryan Hall he was like one of the the most feared uh, lightweights out there and uh Laird Tapori just made him look like an amateur out there so it does show that um Laird Tapori is pretty um elite for how low um pretty elite against these um other guys definitely and then Mosvar just beat uh one another rising prospect Hakeem Daudu oh, I recognize uh, that name uh, he did beat Hakeem, and it was a unanimous decision. He really did put on a good performance. Let's see, um, moving on, we have Cody Stamen versus Sed Nurmagomedov at Bantamweight. Um, I do know um, Cody Stamen. I know Cody Stamen. He's very, very good guy. He's um, fought in... Um, his record is a little wish-washy, but he's fought in just crazy guys he's had a crazy he's just very scrappy and gone against good guys if you look back his record again is pretty wishy-washy he's two um he's one two and uh one two and one so is going negative but he's fought in uh people like yadong sadong which is a very very good prospect um past his past five aljamain sterling did lose to aljamain sterling the future ch or the actual champ actually so it goes to show that he's even competing with these guys um brian keller jimmy rivera marab uh, marab which is um just bumped up to the top five i think he's about to uh, break into the title picture so he's he's fighting um elite elite competition whether he's losing or not or winning or not um, Definitely. I don't know much about um, Sed, but he is related to uh, Habib. If you don't know, Habib is um, the the former lightweight champ. He retired um, undefeated. Um, and also uh, Habib has also taken up um, the uh, the job of of um, of coaching all these um, all his guys and. Um, Habib is undefeated as a coach, so that's uh that's a little fun fact there. I don't <laughs> know if you know much about uh said. For this fight, I definitely take Cody Stamen just because he's been way more active, and he's fought way tougher competition than Nurmagomedov. Yeah, 
Um, oh, I did forget. Um, um, I do have a Leah Taporia for the last one. For this one, I, I agree with you. I think Cody Stamen just has way more experience, unless Seth is just on a different level, which is the only way I believe Cody Stamen ever loses any of his fights is when these guys are just, just destined to break through into the top ten, top fives. Moving on, we have a heavyweight bout: Greg Hardy versus Olenek. Oleski Olenek. Um, do you know what you have for this one? Um, I think I'm gonna go for Olenek just because you know he's been in there way more than Greg Hardy has, and I think he just has more tools to to really get out there and to get it done. Yeah, if you look back, Olenek, at first glance, his his record is terrible. He's a uh, two and three now. But um, he's um, he's still a great, great veteran. If you bring up a Linux, you you know he's um, he's a his name rings bells. He's a very he tests everyone in the who's trying to break into the top five. The only people he's lost to is people who are are up in the title picture. You look um, Derek Lewis and Chris Dawkins, which is actually what we were just talking about the. The two heavyweights that are uh, scheduled to fight back in uh, um, December, and uh, just look at yeah, Fabricio Verdum, just a legend, just shows that um he's still here. And if if um Greg Hardy isn't ready for the top five or top ten, he's not gonna beat the Linux at all. You look at Linux anytime he he goes up against uh, elite competition that um, are actually in the top ten, he can't. He can't break through. He's lost to people like uh, Volkov, Teovasa. Just this happened before when he goes up in competition, he tends to lose. Definitely, and also he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the gas tank. I remember that one fight. I think it was his debut where he pulled out his inhaler. Yes, yes, I forgot what fight that was, but yeah, in between, he had to use an inhaler to to catch his breath, which is very um. Also, there's um. He was a former uh, football player, and I have seen this uh, um, um, lately in the heavier divisions where guys will um, come over, jump over the crossover from um, from football, which you can get away with it to a certain extent when you're in the heavier divisions because I believe the heavier people aren't too technical, but they seem to get away with it with their athleticism and their strength. But once you jump up, we see it even with um, with Greg Hardy himself. Anytime he goes up and you start fighting these elite guys where you can't just run through them, they tend to lose. And that's exactly what we see um, with Greg Hardy. And then uh, moving on, we have... Uh, this is where I believe it starts getting good. This is definitely going to be on the main card. Jared Cannonier versus Derek Brunson. Do you have uh, anybody you fancy here? <laughs> I think for this one, I am going to take Derek Brunson. He's I been agree. pulling together a really good set of wins back to back. Yeah, it's amazing to see that uh, even late in his career, um, he's starting to uh, uh, put, together, uh, put together another title run, which is which is amazing to see, seeing these older guys somehow be able to fight through the age and string um, these streaks. Definitely. And then 
I think overall Derek Brunson has been there with way more killers than Cannonier has. Mm-hmm. And he's given them either run for their monies or beating them. And if he ever lost, it was like to something crazy. Yeah. You look at his uh, last five straight wins, just uh, beating guys like Shabazian, Kevin Holland, Darren Till. This will definitely, I think if he, which I believe he will if he beats um, Cannonier. I think he will be up next for the title. He asked fight an Adesanya before, which um, he did get beat pretty badly, but if you take into account the fact that Adesanya is now the, the champion and is defending his belt multiple times, he's... I don't, there's, I don't think there's anybody in the, in the middleweight division that would beat Adesanya, so it's not too bad to see that he has lost, because... I don't think anybody else would have beaten Adesanya. Definitely. And then, on top of that, Cannonier struggled with the really short well, the middleweight with Kevin Gassum. Mm-hmm. And I know Kevin Gassum is one of those elite middleweights, but at the same time, yeah, he's just nothing, he's nothing really special. He's just really, how do I say, he really knows, he's just kind of like a sandbag sometimes. He knows how to take a punch. Um, I hold Kevin Gaslam at a higher pedestal than probably you do. I do think Kelvin is elite, elite. I think he's good. It's just that it's hard to see. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. Where he'll he's kind of wishy washy right now. But um, he did. Kevin Gaslam did give Jared Kennanier a run for his money. We saw Kennanier. He's four and one right now. He does have a pretty good. Uh, convincing um, resume but uh, we see any time he's bought Whitaker which is fighting for the title so that's not too terrible of a loss so right now I'd say it's probably a pick em, but um, over here we do have uh, Derek Brunson as our pick next up we have a, a flyweight title fight this is probably the, the fight I'm most excited for Brandon Moreno versus Davidson Figueroa. Do you have uh, anyone in mind? Man, there's no way I can't say no to Brandon Moreno, man. Yes. You gotta love the guy. Yes, I might be a little, a little biased, but um, I do also have Brandon Moreno. But there's also logic behind my bias because if we look back, this is the third fight, and if you ask me. <sighs> I don't think Davidson deserves a rematch. They fought back in uh, last last year, December. Um, it was a draw, but uh, I think uh, Moreno took it to be honest. And then it was really close. Definitely. And then six months later, um, they had the the immediate rematch. And then we saw just Brandon Moreno just wash Davidson out of the water, just completely made him look like an amateur. They they struck. And um, Figueroa had nothing for Moreno. And then they start grappling. And then Moreno starts taking him down, taking his back, just going crazy with the scrambles. And then just ends up choking him out. Which um, was very surprising to me. But it, it convinced me that Moreno's a very... Because I don't think many people believe this. I was one of them that I didn't think Moreno was going to hold the belt for very long. But you see him like go 
be so um just look make the, uh Davidson look like an amateur out there and just defending his belt against him and then you look back this top five he's beating beating guys like Brandon Royal very good prospect Kai Car France just beat Co uh who had just beat uh Cody just another good um good prospect and you look back and it just finally it proves to you that um that um he's a, a real real champ definitely and it also shows how much he learns from a fight because i was really scared in that first fight you know with davison figueredo being such a crazy power puncher yes. at 125 where power isn't that main the main thing at that weight and he still held on you know he did get hurt a couple times but he was able to come back and then the second time where he just neutralized them yeah to what you were saying yeah at 125 there's not many people with power so when there's a guy there who has real power it's it's um scary and up until he ran into brandon moreno figuero looked uh unbeatable. unbeatable unbeatable nobody was touching him he was destroying guys in the first round he destroyed benavides twice um alex perez submitted him he just it didn't look like there was any stopping him the only problem I feel like is himself, or er, because you see that he doesn't make weight. He, I don't even know, but at least multiple times where he misses weight, which kind of shows why he might have power, as in he barely or can't even make the weight sometimes. Definitely, and I also think he relies too much on that power sometimes, and he just keeps looking for the finish. Mm -hmm. So I believe uh, eventually that was going to catch up to him. But Brandon Moreno really exploited that and really showed that he's championship material. Yeah, and then Moreno's just so so focused. We um, I remember he, his camp for for the second fight. It was almost like a year. He he knew before the fight was even scheduled that there was going to be a rematch. So he went straight to camp before even being offered the rematch. And his his camp was something crazy, like I think nine to twelve months, which is crazy. The the longest uh, camp will be will be maybe t twelve weeks, but he was in there for a year and he was very focused. Uh, he did he moved out to Las Vegas. He just took it very seriously, and I I think um, he'll do the same for the for the third fight. Definitely. Now, Davison Figueroa did come out to train with former champ at one thirty five and one twenty five, uh, Henry Cejudo. So we'll see how that goes, but honestly, I don't think he's as focused as Moreno is right now. Definitely, and then we go on to the main event as we're running out of time. Um, uh, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gan, heavyweight title fight. Um, for me, I think I have Ngannou. I know, probably Cyril Gan is um technically way better. I feel like than Ngannou. And we've seen sparring footage, actually, of them going at it. And Sorogan looked very, very good. But um, Ngannou just has this superhuman strength about him. When he touches your chin, you will go out. And um, a lot of people you say you can't use sparring into account when you get to a fight. Because it's way different when you get out there. You, don't ha you have these four-ounce gloves. And then also when you're under those lights, it's just not the same as sparring. Definitely. And then going back to that, Ngannou's been, you know, in bad situations before. He's been on the losing end. And in Cyril Gan, 
He hasn't. So far, every fight that he had has gone his way. He's moved as he wants to. He does what he wants. And I think when he has to face the actual real-life power of Francis Ngannou, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to it. Definitely. So that is all for our Christmas special. We'll see you guys after the break. Mic check. To the end for two milli That's an audio daily double Rappers need to fall off just the same in the trouble Yo, watch your own back Came in and go out alone black Stay in the zone, turn H2O to cognac On doomsday, ever since the womb Till I'm back where my brother went That's what my tumor say Right above my government, Dumoulin Either unmarked or engraved, hey, who's to say? I wrote this one in BCDCO section If you don't believe me, go get bagged and checked in Cell number 17, I'm under the top bunk I say this not to be mean, what's bad luck a pop junk? Pop the trunk on C-Cyberpunk, leave him left scrape God forbid, if ain't no escape, blame him left tape Definition super villain, a killer who loved children One who is well skilled in destruction as well as building My city seller teaches the trife to be trifer I'm trading science fiction with my man, a live lifer A pie pipe, a holler, a rhyme, a dollar and a dime Do his thing, ring around the white collar crime Get out my face, asking about my case, need toothpaste Professor mint, monkey style, nigga in the death of death and dope fiends still in their teens Shook to get turned witness Real men's mind their own business That's the difference between Sissy be sick rappers is double dutch How come I hold a microphone double clutch COs make rounds Never have ox found On shakedown, lockdown No dreams of Fox Brown On doomsday Ever since the wound Till I'm back where my brother went That's what my tumor say Right up on my government Dumoulin Either unmarked or engraved Hey who's to say Doomsday Ever since the womb till I'm back to the essence, read it off the tomb. Either engraved or unmarked grave, who's to say? Pass the mic like pass the peas like they used to say. Some MFers don't like how Sally walk. I tell y'all fools is hella cool, her ladies from Cali talk. Never let it interfere with the Yeti ghetto slang. Nicknames off nipple and tippins with big metal fang. Known amongst force the bang bang. Known amongst foes for flow without no talking orangutans. Only gin and tang, guzzle out a rusty tin can. Me and this mic is like yin and yang. Clang, crime. Don't pay, listen you, it's like me holding up the line at the kissing booth I took her back to the truck, she was uncool Spitting all out the sunroof, threw her missing tooth But then she had his essence voice sound like Jazzy Joyce So I turned it up faster than a speeding knife Strong enough to put your wife Able to drop today's math in the 48 keys of life Cut the crap for his rap Touch the mic and get the same thing an A-Rab would do to you for stealing What the devil, he's on another level It's a word, no a name, MF the super villain Mm 
living off borrowed time, the clock ticks faster. That'll be the hour they knock the slick blaster. Dastardly and muttly with sick laughter. A gunfight and they come to cut the mix master. I C E Cole, nice to be old. Y 2 G Steve, twice to threefold. He sold scrolls, low and behold. Know who's the illest ever, like the greatest story told. Keep your glory, gold and glitter. For half, half of his niggas to take him out the picture. The other half is rich and it don't mean shit. Villain, a mixture between both with a twist of liquor, chasing with more beer. Tasting like truth for dear. When he at the mic, it's like the place get like, oh yeah. It's like they know what's about to happen Just keep your eye out like I, I capping Is he still a fly guy clapping if nobody ain't hear it? And can they testify from in the spirit? And living the true gods Giving y'all nothing but the lick like two broads Got more lyrics in the church, got ooh lords And he hold the mic in your attention like two swords Or you the one with two blades on it Hey you, don't touch the mic like it's AIDS on it It's like the end to the means Type of message that sends to the fiends That's why he bring his own needles And get more cheese than Doritos, Cheetos or Fritos Slip like Freudian Your first and last step to playing yourself like accordion When he at the mic you don't go next Leaving pussy cats like why hoes need Kotex Exercise index won't need Bowflex And won't take the one with no skinny legs like Joe Tex Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad 